On today's show, we're going to learn the 10 steps to the perfect service call. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Now, before we get started with today's show, I want to share an awesome video with you regarding our Lead 2020 virtual conference coming up at the end of September. You know, September is always a great time to refocus, and this conference will give you the tools and the motivation to do just that. Make sure you get signed up today at lead2020event.com. Well, you should always go back and revisit decisions, you also can't be afraid to move forward. All great sustainable organizations have a culture of passion, meaning, and purpose. What helps elevate us to inspire others to be at their very best? is a mirror of the leader. People do not leave jobs, they leave leaders. He told the guy, he said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Now, we all know nothing happens until something gets sold. So if you want to sell more, we got to give our technicians the process so they can run great calls and not just check a box. We also need to make sure we're selling service agreements whenever possible. Let's join Gary Ellix as he dives into the 10 steps to a perfect service call. Hi, welcome back to EGIA Contractor University. This is Gary Ellix, and we're going to talk today about technician selling and communications. It's one of my absolute favorite subjects because Nothing happens until we sell something. And so most of the jobs that we send our technicians on are going to be repairs that probably aren't going to have the sales transaction opportunity for a repair versus replace. But what's important is that we have a process that they follow that creates a transaction for us that's an excellent transaction from the standpoint of we want to run great calls. We don't want to just run calls and check the box. So we've got to get our technicians in a position to run great calls. And then the second layer of that conversation goes like this. We should sell a service agreement to all customers that are non-service agreement customers if it's not a repair versus replace conversation. So the idea would be, well, if we sold the customer a brand new unit or we had a lead turnover opportunity, that's amazing. We love that. We all know we transact and make a lot of money and the technician probably benefits from a compensation rewards point of view. But the big issue is if we don't, how do we transact that service agreement? What's the process where we create that service agreement model? Now, you can visit the service agreement side of the EGI website under the Contract University, and you can look at the service agreement transaction model and understand that better. But there's a flow to the service call, and that flow to the service call really represents an important aspect to making sure that the client understands that if it's a five-year-old system, even if it's in warranty, uh, and it's not a, a catastrophic failure, maybe it's a contact or a capacitor, 
that a service agreement would be an absolute no-brainer relative to this particular process. So the third component of this conversation, the third layer of this is accessory sales, accessory opportunities, just visibly being able to connect with the client on you know, the opportunities to look at what's going on in the total comfort system. Hot and cold spots in the house, airflow, even temperature, humidity control, sound issues, the six comfort components, if you will. Even temperature would be the sixth one. So what we're interested in is the flow of the service call. And so there's a couple of different things I want to just throw out to you today. So we use the perfect service call process. Ten steps to making sure that the transaction is fulfilled the way you want the customer brand experience to go. Now remember, it's very, very doable to fix the repair and not fix the customer, and we end up with a negative customer experience. It literally just happened to me in Colorado Springs where we're shooting World Headquarters videos right here, right now, this week, where I went to a place that the technology, the, the physical facility, and the beauty of the area is fantastic. But their customer service and their customer experience might make the number one category on my list of all time. And that's saying something because there's some bad experiences out there. But this was just unbelievable. I, I, I can't even describe to you how bad it is. If I could give them a zero, I would have given them a zero. I uh, literally talked to the general manager and I told him everything that happened. And uh, it was all service related, 100%. And uh, so the guy was arrogant and uh, cocky and didn't care. And so, you know what? I went online and I wrote a really negative review. And uh, it's uh, the Cheyenne Mountain Resort. And it's in Colorado Springs. And you should not stay there. Okay? Don't do it. Don't spend your money. The reason why? Customer service. I literally tried to hand them $800 this week. And they made it impossible for me to do that. So. Did they have beer behind the bar? Yes, the technical problem. That's your parts in your truck. Did they have a room? Yes. Did they have a computer system with internet capability? Yes. Did any of it function well or poorly? Yeah, it was okay. Everything functioned okay, except the customer service was absolutely horrific. So I can't emphasize to you enough as a service technician that the attitude, the way you handle your business, the approach, the, the, the confidence, but also just the empathy and how you treat the customer and just your willingness to engage is what sets you apart. And so we need to understand that. That's an important part of the brand experience. You are really the customer experience. And so I just simply told the general manager of this particular property that I felt like it's a training issue. I'm sure that all those folks were nice people, but they just really didn't understand what was expected. They didn't understand if you're spending uh, $250 to $300 a night for a hotel room that you have to deliver a better experience than a $75 a night property, and that none of the people that were working there had any idea of what that represented. I mean, they were all really just checking the boxes. So the, the whole process there is built around this. So what I need you to do is I need you to create the perfect service call process for your company. Um, you can title it what you want. Uh, I've got a friend of mine. Uh, he calls his installation process, the picture-perfect installation, our installation process, we call that the perfect installation, uh, the perfect service call. So you can pick an internal brand name and make that happen, uh, but let's take a look specifically at what we're talking about here. So this document exists on the site, and this document has about 45 steps in it, 
And we, again, are titling that the residential service, the perfect service call process. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to download this and update it. I want you to turn this into your operating manual. So I'm going to roll through this discussion here. I'm not going to go through the details on this. You guys can download the document. You can study it, and you can upload that for your own business model. This, by the way, is what we use on our daily training process. We train our guys on this. So in essence, we're going to break down these 10 areas into sections. And so you'll notice that each one of these has a section. The pre-call is here, the arrival, et cetera, et cetera. And this is just basically generic uh, verbiage that you need to go ahead and customize. So if the name of your company is Total Comfort Air Conditioning, you want to change this to Total Comfort Air Conditioning's Perfect Service Call Process, or however you want to do it. So this is the discussion that we're having. I'd like to just go through a very brief overview of each one of these 10 areas, and then we're going to dive into every single one of these areas, boom, one at a time. So there's going to be 10 videos. Each one of these is going to have its own segment where you can work with your technicians and you can drill into a specific topic as opposed to the really general high-level perfect service call process here. So after you watch this video, you should say, my guys are really good at the interview process, but maybe they're not that good at the pre-arrival. Maybe they could use a little better job getting motivated, getting prepped. So first off the list, the pre-call process. I want my technicians to create a rapport building call. It's necessary for them to pick up the phone, talk to the client, figure out the social styles, check in with them. We send also a text, and that text now is the communication model. It used to be an email. The whole texting process is all about client communication. We can send the bio. We can send information, we can send a photograph of the technician, and we can say your champion technician, Gary, is on his way, and he'll reach out to you. And so Gary picks up the phone, calls it, and I'm listening to the answers for the social styles and what's going on. So we've got this whole pre-call process. The arrival is a second step. Now, when I get there, I've got to do my cursory check. I've got to look and make sure, you know, is my collar looking good? Is my shirt, you know, wrinkled? Am I looking good? Am I dirty? Do I need to change uniforms? If I have short sleeve shirts, I'm probably going to take my wipes and I'm going to clean myself up just a little bit. I'm going to look at, you know, do I have anything between my teeth? Do I got any broccoli? Does the hair look good? Since I don't have any hair, it obviously doesn't really matter. These are the kind of things that we want on the arrival. And then we're going to prep, you know, my iPad, my, uh, if I have a flat rate book, if I have collateral materials. We use what we call a service kit, which is stocked with promotions, collateral materials, uh, furnace and air conditioning stickers just the stuff that's necessary to be prepared. Um, my sales guys, and especially my selling techs, they have a different set of parameters that they prepare for. They have a little plastic bag with some um, cutaways. Um, we've got coils, we've got copper in there, we've got heat exchanger materials. So there's just different approaches for the different positions in the company, but the main thing is the, the arrival process. Where do I park? Get prepared, get ready, make, sh make what happens go. The approach to the home. So, you know, do I understand having talked to the homeowner through the process of the rapport building call or through dispatch, you know, where am I supposed to park, if not on the driveway for sure, but certainly where am I going to knock on the door as opposed to ring the doorbell? Any animals, any dogs, any gate codes, security, am I dealing with the nanny or personal assistant? Again, depending on what part of the country you're in and who your customers are. We've got some customers in Scottsdale that we're dealing with somebody that's a personal assistant of somebody. We never see the homeowner. So that relationship is not with the homeowner. It's with somebody who is managing the entire relationship for that particular family. That could be somebody who's a professional golfer. 
There's people up there that are just simply very wealthy, retired people that have personal assistance, et cetera, et cetera. You just, you just have to understand who your client base is. So this whole approach to the home then requires us to understand that we have to look good. We have to have business cards. Our technicians absolutely carry business cards, um, our collateral material, everything that was necessary. The next part of that process is step four is contact. So how am I going to introduce myself, my posture, my body language, my voice intonation, knowing full well my communication model is there. There's a video that we've talked about uh, that's uh, in front of this discussion, which is communication skills, you know, 7% words, 38% voice intonation, voice language, and then the other 55% is that whole body language, that eye contact, the, the visible confidence that I'm, I'm capable of doing this. So the whole idea of contact is to make sure that we understand social styles, we understand everything that's going on relative to the personality profiles. The next one on the list is the interview. Once I've made contact and I've got the opportunity, I'm going to talk to the customer and ask them a few questions. What's going on with your system? Would you mind showing me where the equipment is? You know, I've got my surgical shoe coverings on. I'm, I'm, I'm migrating my way in and I'm asking the customer questions. It's very important in the interview process that the technician does ask some front-end questions. Because the customer is not necessarily educated about that, and part of the interview process is to make sure that the customer knows what's going on. So we leave the interview process a lot of times with the idea of saying, you know what, Mrs. Jones, well, I will give you, you know, I'll check the system out, I'll come back, I'll review everything with you. Before I do anything, you're going to need to make sure that you're okay with me doing any work. You have to acknowledge and make sure that you're comfortable with that. So. Um, I'll be back in touch with you and so forth, and you're welcome to come with me. So we'll invite the customer to be a part of this as what we call a happily involved client, but we're also going to give them the purpose process payoff statement that says, this is what I'm going to do, this is how it's going to flow, and I'll come back to you and let you know. Because they have to pre-authorize any work on, in our company. We are not going to do any work at all until they know what the price is. And that whole discussion is going to be the conversation where the price minus the service agreement discount gives the technician the opportunity to talk about the net price, the net value of the service agreement, and go over the dialogue of what the repair is, what happened, why it happened, talk about regular maintenance, have you had regular maintenance done. So that interview process sets up the opportunity to do the purpose process payoff statement and migrate through the next process. So after the interview process, number six is just understanding human behavior. Uh, so I was reading some network posts the other day on Facebook in some of the industry associations where our group of contractors belong. And uh, you know, people were saying, yeah, don't ever say anything to a homeowner. Like if they attend with you on the unit, don't talk to them. And I couldn't disagree more. Uh, we, it's just a lack of understanding of human beings. If the homeowner has decided to pay attention to you and actually be with you, most likely, you know, they're the type of person as a social style that is an analytical or most likely as an expressive. They're, they want to know what's going on. They're, we are pack animals. Human beings are pack animals. We are social creatures. We have social structure. That's a symptom that the homeowner is interested in hearing what's going on. You not talking to them about stuff is really not making it better as a client experience, which is what happened to me at the Wyndham the other day at the uh, Cheyenne Mountain. Um, the bartenders just ignored me for almost 15 minutes, never looked at me, never made eye contact, and then they served somebody else who walked up beside another couple, 
and ignored all of us at the bar that had been sitting there waiting to basically order a beer. And that was kind of that moment where we go, wow, these guys don't understand human beings at all. All they had to do was say, we're very busy. Hey, I'll be right with you. And that's enough. That just says, I'm acknowledging you. I know you're there. I'm not ignoring you. And therefore, I'm got, I've got other stuff going on, and I'll get to it. So when a homeowner is arriving with you at the equipment or wants to participate, you need to engage. Now, do you need to tell them everything that you're doing and why you're doing it? Probably not. I mean, unless they're engaged and they're engineering-based or they're technical, like my father's pretty technical. Occasionally, I'll hang around with somebody. We've had some windows done, and I'll ask some questions about you know, architecture in terms of the windows and stuff. So the communication is based on the principle that the homeowner wants to know and they want to be involved. They're looking for the social interaction. So understanding human beings is you teaching each of the service technicians that are watching this video about the four social styles and the need to be able to converse and to communicate and to be engaging with any one of those four styles because the customer is going to write you a check for that service call. They're going to determine whether or not they like you or not. They're going to determine whether or not you did a good job. And the value of the check that they write is going to be a complaint or it's going to be the, you know what, I appreciate the fact that they came out and did this and this is a repair I wasn't hoping to have. It's a, uh, an exception. It's a pain point for me today. But I'm glad they came and I'm happy to, I'm happy to pay them the $650 for the condenser fan motor. Or they're going to feel like they didn't get a good experience. So, you know, I checked out of that property. I was planning on staying there all week, and I left. And so, and then I told them I do lots of meetings, and I will never do a meeting, and I will make sure everybody I talk to knows how bad the experience was because you guys don't know how to treat people well. It's not that your property isn't nice. And the view, it's amazing. However, I can tell you that you need to go to the Broadmoor because the Broadmoor is a couple hundred dollars more per night, but it's worth it. And just what I just said is this issue with understanding humans. Why is it worth it? Because the customer experience is superior there. They legitimately understand from the point that you pull up and you basically hand your keys to the valet to the point that you leave, that every aspect of the relationship with the Broadmoor is under the scrutiny of the brand experience. They have trained their people. They understand it. Training costs money, they charge more money for that, but the client experience is there, so do not spend money anywhere else. Spend the money and go to the Broadmoor. Just trust me on this. So understanding humans is part of that. The plan. The plan is something that we need to be able to tell the customer once we've diagnosed what's going on. This is what we can do. I have the part. I don't have the part. So I have the part on my truck. Let me show you the iPad that we have. We can show the client our picture of what the failure is. We can point to the idea. The actual you know, maintenance issue is there. We literally have the ability to talk to the homeowner and say, we have the part. We can take care of this for you today. This would be the price. You know, are, are you comfortable with that? By the way, if you would like to save some money today, we have an investment agreement, you know, which we call you know, a club. And so you can call it what you want. So we can call it the Penguin Club. We can call it the Buckeye Club. We can call it you know, whatever club you want to call it. We have a title called the Concierge Club. The Concierge Club says, if you join the Concierge Club, this repair today will discount 20%. I'll go ahead and do a free tune-up for you today. And then we'll schedule two tune-ups as a part of the ongoing maintenance of the system. 
and we'll schedule that next six-month tune-up today before I leave. And uh, oh, by the way, if you join in on the Concierge Club, that comes with a lifetime repair guarantee. So what we're doing for the plan is we're laying out the customer plan. We're laying out the value proposition, the features and benefits. So I want you to write something down as part of your service technician training model here. It's called the value chain. Every customer has a value chain. So the price, the discount, those are economic incentives. Three things that a customer has in their value chain that you need to be aware of as a service technician. This is sales 101, but it's also sales 201, 301, and 401. So the first one is the emotional connection. And we've talked about that. You have to be emotionally connected to the client. You have to make them feel special. You have to make them remember that your brand and your experience was a good one, not a bad one, like my Cheyenne experience. So the second level is the economics. That's the 20% discount. I highly advocate that your price is 20% discount, which means you may need to raise the service price in your company a little bit to offer a 20% discount. So that discounted price that you're actually selling at is the margin, the GP dollars per hour that you want. I'll leave that up to you, the pricing discussions that are on the website here on EGIA best practices. You can visit that and understand that under service pricing. The third is the physical nature of the repair. You have to fix the repair. If we don't fix the repair, then we're incompetent from the standpoint of you know, what we're doing for a living. So I'm highly confident and inspired that you will be able to fix just about anything. That said, if you fix the repair, but you don't handle the emotional and the economic, you still lose. So the brand experience and the value chain has to be dealt with at all three levels. And if you don't deal with them at all three levels, then you're going to make a mistake in your sales process. And so the service agreement conversation is predicated upon the idea that there's benefits, there's a value chain, that's a 20% discount. And normally, Mrs. Jones, we charge $75 per visit. So two more uh, visits would be $150. Our service agreement is $139. And our discount today is going to be $120. So basically, for an extra $19, you get a service agreement and you get a lifetime guarantee. You will never pay overtime. You'll always pay the lowest price on our equipment. And the kicker on that is, is that it's really only an extra $19 over and above today to get that kind of value. So most of our clients are pretty interested in that because, honestly, this repair today, had we had under you under our maintenance plan, under our concierge service, probably could have avoided that today. So what we're doing is we're attacking the, the, the what we call fear-based selling, which is I'm unhappy today. I have a pain point, and you're, you're basically re-suggesting to me already that this pain point, you didn't have to actually go through this. We had the maintenance. And the truth of the matter is, is that the lifetime guarantee actually adds some value to that discussion. So reinforce that. Now, the next issue is that diagnosis, treatment options, that's you coming back to the idea that you've got the plan, you got to execute the repair at that point. You got the part on the truck, you take care of it. This is the least important part of this whole issue because you're, you already know how to execute the repairs. And then that last statement is the debriefing. Us coming in and saying, here's what happened. Here's what we've got going on. I took care of it. I did a tune-up for you. I cleaned the coil. I made the unit. I, I, I cleaned up the outside of the unit. I took the liberty of making sure that I checked all these areas, the pressure, temperature, relationship, blah, blah, blah. And you're going to go through the debriefing process. You're going to thank the client. You're going to make sure that you ask the client for a review. So today's model is that we have an iPad. We want the review. 
I don't care which review system you're using, most of you probably have a couple of different opportunities, but we need to take the customer, we need to make sure that there's payment, we need to make sure that they understand it, and then we need to ask the question. If you feel strongly about you know, how we took care of you today, Mrs. Jones, we'd really appreciate it at this point. If, you're, if you belong to any review services, if you would like to write us a review, you can do that right now for me. And uh, by the way, our company evaluates us based on that, on how well or poorly we do so. And I appreciate your honest feedback. So it would be nice if you could actually help me out. It would be a great service to me. So hand the customer the iPad. If the customer, if you don't have the iPad and you're not in the electronic technology and you're going to rely on the customer to do a review after you leave, you're going to only get about 10% of the reviews that you would get if you actually had an active system, not a passive system, an active system on site. So these are the 10 steps. They are broken down in great detail. So as you look through this process, I mean, you go through the detail of the debriefing and completion, boom. The last thing that we do is we write a thank you card in the vehicle to the client. We don't write a thank you from the office. We literally write it in there. I remember the customer's name. I remember the dog's name. If they had kids, if they had a husband, spouse, whatever, I write a thank you card. I put it in an envelope. I literally sit it in a pile. It becomes part of my paper flow. Handwritten thank you cards are more valuable than an email. Okay, so an after the survey or an after the call, happy call is great. But we're talking about you, Gary, the service technician, writing a thank you card and essentially putting that together so that when you get to the office, you drop that off, it gets mailed. A couple days later, snail mail, it shows up, and it's just a nice gesture. It's just a reminder about what a great company you operate. And it doesn't take but 10 seconds to write a nice thank you card. Dear Mrs. Jones, I appreciated the opportunity to be here today and take care of your heating and air conditioning system. You've got a wonderful family and a beautiful home. Thanks for the opportunity. Signed, Gary. Boom. Put it in the envelope. Put it down. Imagine that you, go, that you come home and you get that thank you from somebody that took care of you. It's just a reminder that your company and your brand and your personal brand, your personal relationship with the client is that good. It's just a powerful statement. So. People don't write thank you cards anymore, and the reason they don't is because they're lazy. Don't be lazy. Make sure you understand the 10 steps. All right, so we're going to break down each one of these in great detail. We went through a couple of notes on some of these, but each one of these will have a section. So what I would suggest is as a service department, you spend some time, you make sure that each individual technician and each individual person in your organization understands how you want to run your perfect service call, that a great call is better than two average calls, your average ticket, your KPIs, your service agreements, your lead turnovers, your referrals, they will all go up your reviews. It's all about getting paid the highest price for the value that you perform against the value chain. So as always, if you have questions, send me in and ask the expert question. We'll make sure we answer it or we get it to the right people. If we can't answer it, we'll make sure that we get you to the answer somewhere along the line. So there's somebody out there that can answer that question in this industry. Awesome content from Gary right there. Now, there's plenty more where that came from on technician communication and sales, such as training technicians on customer social styles, closing sales, and wrapping up transactions, repair versus replace, and much, much more. So if you're not a member, click join at the top of this page to get a free 30-day trial. You'll get access to all of Gary's other videos along with our full online courses and tons of other resources. That's it for this week, folks. Check out next week. We're going to dive into using software to manage your inventory. Until then, bye-bye for now.